Welcome to another exciting episode of the Business of Digital podcast, featuring your hosts, Matt Siltala and Dave Rohr. Hey guys, excited to have you join us on another one of these exciting podcast episodes. We got Dave over there. How's it going, Dave? Dave is here. All right. So, present, <laughs> present and accounted for. Account, yeah, there, thank you. <laughs> gotcha. Well, um, let's just jump into it. So today, um, I don't know if this came from a tweet that you saw or an article that you read, um, but the title that we're going with right now, guys, is Ways to Test and Improve Your Organic CTR. And so um, maybe Dave just kind of uh, set us up and, and uh, what made you think of uh, this one, and we'll go from there. Well, it come from um, a test I did with a client last November, December. And then I'm working with a client right now where we just did something in recent weeks and we're already seeing um, bumps and jumps and traffic and impressions and clicks and rankings. But it's working on improving your CTR from Google and Bing. And, you know, you'll, you'll see tons of doomsday predictions. And yes, we are seeing less clicks from organic traffic and even less <laughs> organic opportunities, yeah. um, at least from a typical blue link. You know, you can have images and videos and you can, we can argue that separately, yeah. but we're just talking about, you know, your normal page, trying to get traffic from, you know, that number two or number one or number eight listing on Google and Bing. How do I get more people to click even if I'm a little bit further down? Or number one, even how do I keep getting that high amount of traffic? And it came from that. But then I also saw um, Aleda did something recently. Um, Cyrus over at Moz just posted something. And then there's been some other stuff where uh, SEJ tested 3.9 million emails, wow. just a few, um, over a month or two, I think it was. And they tested putting emojis in their emails. Yeah, that one was the interesting one, and we were chatting about this a little bit ago, but I... Uh, Which I Matt loves. Matt loves emojis. <laughs> no, I haven't read that. Well, I do when we're, you, you know, we're, when we're chatting back and forth, but not in an email subject line, but it's like I was telling you, when I see any kind of emoji or anything like that in an email, I automatically delete it, and I didn't read that case study, so you'll have to let me know if it kind of coincides with uh, their findings, but... Anytime I get anything like that, I usually just delete it because in my mind, I'm like, spam, I don't care about your stupid emoji. Get it out of my email inbox. And that the it basically their data showed and their data was for, you know, SEJ. So it's targeting professionals, if you want to call us that, that do SEO, social media, <laughs> PPC, content Somewhat marketing, so and so. What's that? Somewhat professional. Somewhat professional for the most part. <laughs> professionals. Um. But it actually showed, you know, based on their data and their A-B testing, what they could, the emoji open rate was lower for the month or two that they did the testing. And it would be interesting to, and, and that makes sense, like with what I just told you, but it also, you know, it makes me think about other things like, you know, back in the day when I used to sell a lot of stuff on Craigslist, now it's just easier to sell it through, you know, a group on Facebook or something, Marketplace or whatever. Um but uh, I look back at, you know, some of the things I used to do, you know, I used to put a bunch of like asterisks and then like uh, big words and then like just something to get your ad. Yep, get you know, your stuff. attention. Yeah, exactly. Draw your eyes to it, you know, probably against the terms of service, but like 
I used to do stuff like that, and it would draw people's uh, eyes to your ad, and it would get a lot of people clicking on it, and it, and it, and it was uh, successful. And so I wonder if there's a difference between using an emoji in like um, a situation like that where it's in a it's in a headline versus an email subject line. Well, and they even pointed out that you know if you're a serious business, you know, like a lawyer or you know you're targeting professionals, you know, maybe another B two B. Putting emojis probably makes you look not professional. Yeah. So same thing, putting emojis or other not traditional things, um, you know, all caps or all lowercase or something in your page title and your meta description when you're trying to increase your CTR. Yes, you'll stand out, but are you going to take a hit from, you know, not looking professional? Unless it's Pizza Hut or Domino's or someplace, you know. Well, I, I think it goes to your brand. Then it's part of your brand. You yeah. know, does it make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Which I think is a good segue into the data or the testing that Cyrus did with Moz, where they decided to test in their SEO or their title tags, including your brand, boilerplate, um, category, and they kind of went down the list for the whiteboard and a couple other things. Do they take out the category name? Do they take out the brand name? Do they leave it in? When do they leave it in? Um, what's the boilerplate look like? When do they try it? When do they take it out? Does it improve rankings? Does it hurt rankings? Does it improve CTR? Does it hurt CTR? And these are all things that you can easily test and should, yeah. should be testing. Well, that's what I was going to say, when, you know, should be testing because um, one of the articles that was pulled up and, and before I even looked at it, um, I was going to tell you, you know, just in, in my workings and, and what I've done over the years, you know, the thing that has improved the most for me is when I'm working those uh, title tags, honestly. And so um, I looked at the, uh, um, I can't remember which, uh, or I think it was the SEO Clarity one, but um, one of their biggest tips was crafting compelling title tags and meta descriptions. And for me, forever, like if I want to improve something or if I have a page that I think is doing well or that could do do better or versus a page that's not, that's one of the first things I'll go and do. And I'll go and work in, uh, again, like I'll have my focused keyword that I want, to, you know, the point of that page and, and what I want to rank. But then, you know, I'll craft that title tag around it to get people, you know, to do what I want them to do, you know, to click on it. And so... Like that's one of the things that uh, that I'll do, and I, I noticed in that article, like it was one of the first, uh, um, you know, things that they suggest. So that was that was spot on because that's something that I've been doing for a long time now. Yeah, I mean, the very first thing whenever I start to write title tags um, and meta descriptions, it's the same when I start writing um, ad copy for paid. What are other people doing? One, you assume it might be working. You can also assume that they're testing something. So, you know, especially for paid, but for an SEO, it's like, okay, what are they doing? What, what were we going to do? What makes sense for the brand and how can we look similar, but also stand out just a little bit? Yeah. Like if everyone has, and you know, I have the SEO clarity example open. If everyone talks about balloons, bargain balloons, special balloons, and then one just lists off like, you know, just keyword stuffs. Well, keyword stuffing, yeah, sure, they're ranking well, but yeah. that's Not going to get me to click on it, yeah. Yeah, it's not going to get you to click on it. So 
you know, one other one has like something about sale, some has special. What can we do in between those that makes sense? Can we say largest selection? Do we have, you know, the fastest shipping? What is our, you know, unique thing about our company or our product or service or business that we can use to help one sell, but also help encourage that click? You know, and I got to tell you, um, the, uh, the users, so to speak, are starting to get a lot more savvy. For example, I'll pay attention a lot of times to stuff like my wife says, and you know she'll be looking for something, and she'll make a, sn- a snidey comment about, oh, this is just a, <clears throat> excuse me, this is just a, a keyword-filled uh, title tag here, moving on, and I'm just like, <laughs> I, la- I laugh at it because, uh, and again, you know, obviously, you know, she's been around me a lot, but she's also, you know, it's one of those things that uh, that they're paying attention to, like they're getting. We're, we're in this industry long enough and we've been doing this long enough that, you know what, like give the people what they want. They're, like they're not, give them the information. They want to know, like I love this example that you were talking about with the balloons because, you know, I can see right here from the title, it's, I got 50% off and it's four balloons and I'm looking for a sell and I can even look at it in the meta description and see what it's doing, discount prices. And it's going to make me want to click on it versus something that's just giving me none of that information and lots of keywords, period. Yeah. And the meta, the meta description for those in that example as well is the same. It's like one clearly is just keyword stuffed gibberish. Yeah. <laughs> the other one, I don't, they must not mention balloon anywhere because um, it looks like it's just scraping everything from the site. Yeah. Um, and then that one is somewhat weirdly crafted with the percentage and stuff. But yeah, like you should be testing not just your page title, but also your meta description. Well, one of the first things that I do too is I'm, you know, and I'm glad that you mentioned this earlier because I'm always going and seeing, like I'll type in a specific phrase that I want to try to to rank for. Or if if uh, whoever I'm working with is like, hey, can, can we do, like just the other day I had someone want to... Um, one of uh, my good buddies was like, hey, we're offering air purification systems. Obviously, it's something that's a big deal on the East Coast now since we're all, or uh, West Coast, because we're all burning up and fires everywhere. And so people are like worried about their air quality. And so like we started looking at uh, those kind of phrases and what it would take to rank and get them to come up. And one of the first things that I do, Dave, is I pay attention to what my competitors are doing, which ones are coming up. You know, first of all, paying attention to what they've done SEO-wise to be able to get there, but then also looking at those simply for the which one of these would I click on if I were looking to do this, and uh, going about it that way. So, yep. I'm trying to think of a product. Uh, this is probably a horrible example. No horrible examples. Yeah, I know. Um, I was trying to think, they know, there's no, what's something that would have an ad that's an alternative? Um, I don't know. Alternative Nike. to? Nike? Yeah. Nike shoes alternative? I don't know. I'm just thinking of random. Oh, yeah. Like. Because uh... I'm just thinking, I've seen some um, ads on brands or um, don't like see Like if you don't want to pay the Columbia price, what's Columbia, um, Columbia boot alternative or something? Columbia. <laughs> hey. I wore Columbia in Norway and they kept my feet warm. So I may have a pair. 
Um, yeah, it's all best winter boots. I think it's got to be like a SAS solution or, oh, you know what? Like Canva. There you go. Yeah, so there it is. Um, same type of thing where people are using the page title to clearly call out Canva alternative. 10 of the best Canva alternatives uh, meet Snappa easy alternative to canvas so first they lead with their name versus not AppSumo has gone the way of creating a list uh, where's another actual product um another most of them most of them are all lists so kudos to snappa for getting on there um everyone else is a list there's someone you know AppSumo is doing an ad for a competitor that they have a deal for where it says you know they actually don't mention that it's an alternative, which is interesting with the keyword. But then Google lists out a bunch of tools. Yeah. But it's the same thing. It's like everyone's got that numbers. So, you know, this is another thing. If everyone's listing out numbers and you don't have a larger number, you know, people are going to go, oh, well, you, know, you only have five, but they have 30 and they have 40. So if you only have five, you need to ex make sure that you're explaining why, you know, five of the best alternatives yeah. we won't waste your time you know well that even gets me thinking about like a lot of the service industry brands and whatnot that that i work with that i've seen you know things that i've done that have helped their uh, ctr on this kind of stuff by putting in simple things as like for example we're here in arizona it's hot ac services things like that we've talked about it a lot but a lot of times um it you know, your, your air conditioner cuts out at you at inconvenient times at like 10 o'clock at night. And you're always wondering, well, is there anyone I can even get a hold of? Well, you do a quick Google search and you're able to find in the title 24 hour, uh, service, um, things like that, letting them know that, Hey, 24 hour emergency services, things like that, that we've thrown in, uh, to certain pages has uh, helped the, the CTR. Uh, dramatically so i mean just think about the simple things like that well and i've done that for several com companies where we cut the normal items um our normal the normal offerings for service for service it's a question of when do your normal service hours end at 5 p.m at 7 p.m at 9 p.m when does it become emergency and then we shut off the ads at that time and we flip on new ads for emergency that speak to it. And then they go to a different actual landing page because it's a completely different thing. There has to be a phone number. Um, and then uh, one person I worked with, they actually didn't have a lot of people on staff. So they actually didn't want a lot of that traffic, but we wanted to make sure that they were at least there for some of it. And so we would just set that budget and that campaign for small. So, you know, talking about improving your CTR, it's also for PPC side of things, just getting the right people to the, getting the people to the right page under the right circumstances as well. And I think that's something you should also look at. Um, Aleda had a really good, um, she did a presentation. If you can read Spanish, um, I will drop in a link to her <laughs> slide share she did because the presentation is in, uh, one of the first Spanish ones she's done. But she actually came up with um, like a flow chart of what to do to improve poor CTR and organic search results besides improving rankings. 
And the very first question, and I think a lot of people skip this one, is, is the query relevant? So when you go into Google Search Console, pull up the queries that are driving impressions and clicks for your that page. And if that overall CTR is low for that page, is it because it's ranking for a lot of nonsense words that really don't make sense? And why is that? Yeah. And that really should be the very first thing you do. Like you can mess with the page title, you can mess with the description, but if it's ranking for keywords that really has no, you know, and I've seen this where it's like, oh, our organic traffic is crushing it, but we don't, but it's all junk and they all like leave. <laughs> yeah. So if your bounce rate is, you know, 99%, it's like, well, we've got a good CTR, we've got good rankings, we're getting traffic, but it's not for relevant queries. It's not for relevant audience. So, so really it's useless. So what you're saying sometimes is we, we have to do some education though. <laughs> well, and you just have to do your due diligence to go, okay, is this page, what is the content? Like who's getting there? Um, and we have that problem for one page for a client where we get a ton of traffic to it, but it's all not the buyers, it's the users. And we were trying to get in front of, you know, the people that make buying decisions, not the people that are trying to use this product. Gotcha. And so that page gets a lot of traffic. And so we're trying to create gates and awareness on that page for in the event that a buyer gets there, we're like, hey, you found this page, great. But we think you want this page. You know, If you're curious about the product or the service or whatever it is someone's selling, you know, we've almost created like an interstitial and stuff. And I've done that before for um, calculators long ago. We had people that would every month without fail come and use these calculators and were, we were basically freeloaders. Instead of paying for a service, they would do it manually with these calculators. Yeah. So every month, I think it was like we had pop-ups that would show up once a month um, or once a quarter. I forget what it was. I think we tested it. And something would pop up and say, hey, we see that you've been here before. You still keep using this thing. If you want to try the service for a month or a quarter or whatever it was, you know, we'll do it for you and you can see how much time you save because we think you'll save time. Yeah. You know, and that was our offer was like, hey, you keep coming to use this thing. You're doing it <laughs> manually. We could do this for you and do it right. Yeah. You, you pick. And then they'd close it, go use the free tool. You know, in a month or three later, we would try again. So, David, wrapping things up on this one, um, what are the what what are the big takeaways, and and what do you want people to get from this? Just give me the last uh, tips for them. Um, I will include Aleda's little flowchart, which kind of creates it, it. Basically, sums up everything we've just talked about. The flow: it's is the page is the is the query relevant? Okay, now what about your page title? Is it right? You know, how can you optimize it? Look at your category, look at your boilerplate. Do you need your name on it? How can you shorten it? How can you make it unique, personalize it? How can you make it a little bit different than what's out there? Um, and then look at your meta description. How can you optimize it just the same way? And then test it. And repeat constantly. Rinse and repeat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, People, I, I, a lot of times, are like, okay, page title's done. Like, no. No, 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 no. 
no, we're done now. We're going to come back in, you know, four to six weeks when we have some time, you know, at least for certain products, you know, the pages that get the most traffic, at least try those and then roll it out to other ones and see. And do you see the same thing? And then again, just keep doing the same thing. Awesome. Well, and, and like Dave said, we'll have all the resources and everything that we've talked about or referenced. It'll all be in the write up. And, uh, just want to encourage you guys. Uh, we do this for you, and we love doing it for you. And uh, hopefully, you guys are getting something from these episodes. Um, please go to iTunes and give us a five star review and like us, and that helps us continue to be able to, to provide these for you. And so, uh, thank you guys for joining us for Dave Roar with Northside Metrics. I'm Matt Sultala with Avalanche Media, and uh, we can't wait to have you back on another one of these. Bye, guys. Thanks.